This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady is on assignment. Should be back next week, I would imagine. I hope so. Expect so. (laughs) Expecting so. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, We actually saw some sun yesterday. It got the warm. First, it, and it the day prior hot. to, it was wonderful. Yeah, it, it was, was It was nice. Kind of scary. Um, late in the day as it warmed up, George came in wearing shorts, and it was kind <laughs> of unexpected. It's supposed to be really nice and warm today, but then tomorrow it's supposed to start cooling down, and we're supposed to have another cool week. Oh, lovely. So I'll allow you to enjoy your sun. For the, at least the rest of today? Yes. And I shall. It's supposed to be very, very nice. Up in the upper 70s inland today. And I had a treat this morning. I could see the sky and planets. I had no overcast at my house this morning. It was overcast at my house. And, and, and my, it well. was high. It, it wasn't, wasn't fog, like fog or anything. It was, it was fairly high altitude, but it was, it was overcast. You couldn't see anything. Well, we're supposed to have a, another cool week, but dry. And then next weekend... They're thinking perhaps the weather is going to change and become more George-like. More summer-like. More summer-like. But not early in the weekend, late in the weekend. Not until late <laughs> weekend is it supposed to start warming up and into the following week. And, and how many days are there? There are two days in the weekend. I think so. When so I look if at the when calendar. we say late, are this the second day of the weekend? Is that I'm what they're implying? Maybe Sunday. Okay. Not Saturday. Got it. Does that make sense? We've already put Ken to sleep. He's done. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Just, why wouldn't you say warm up on Sunday instead of the I latter know. half of the weekend I or something? Know. It just seems weird. I actually, I think I would say that, but I didn't write the forecast, so nobody asked me. Did you see how much rain they got in Pensacola? No, fifteen to sixteen inches again in one storm. Yeah, that's what, why it's green there. Isn't that what they got two months ago or something? And it was. Something Crazy, like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, it just that just happened. Yeah, it was a a big storm going through there. So I don't I don't know if your friends flooded. They, they seem fine. They're, I didn't hear anything from them. Yeah, but you know, maybe they couldn't communicate. <laughs> We've communicated, but not about the rain. Ah, so gotcha. therefore, they're okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you're looking for a garden class today, both stores have them. Uh, let's see. Today is the seventeenth. In San Diego at 9 o'clock, it's going to be Companion Planting with Kathleen. At 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be Plumeria Care and Culture with Mike Atkinson. And he's one of the local pros. Ex- experts in, uh, in Plumeria Care. We also, have a lo- we also have a lot of Plumeria cuttings on sale still, too. And yes, I, we do. They are, they are 20% off. Is that in both stores? That is one location, one mm-hmm. ping only. In Poway? <laughs> Poway only. Okay. Yeah, so the... 
Plumeria cuttings are 20% off. So if you come into the store, you can you can sit in on the class and pick up some cuttings to start your collection. Uh, Father's Day is tomorrow, so happy Father's Day to uh, all of us out there. And Monday is Juneteenth, which is a holiday, but both stores will be open regular hours on Monday. So if you if you are fortunate enough to have the day off and would like to come in and do some gardening, we were we will be there to uh, we will be there to help you out. Uh, there's not much going on in Balboa Park for the rest of the month of June, but July there's some things coming up. Um, July eighth is going to be um, Cactus and Succulent Society meeting show and sale in Balboa Park. Or in Broom, is it 101? Casa del Prado 101. Casa del Prado, Broom 101. On uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th, the San Diego Dahlia Society is going to be having their um, annual show and sale, which that should be pretty, that should be pretty spectacular. I saw some very nice cut flower dahlias at the fair last week and I never I'm always amazed by how wonderful they look. Oh they're amazing. There's such a great plant to grow. There's so many flowers. So many variations yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the the um the golf ball ones are they're, just they're just perfect. amazing. The ball dahlias are yeah. just, just so perfect. And then the dinner plates which are just absolutely enormous. Um but not quite as perfect. You know, I think we sell more. I think we sell more dahlias in bloom now than we did do tubers. Out far and away, bare, absolutely. Bare root. And people just don't want to. Don't want to wait. Don't want to wait for them. Why? Why take home this stupid-looking little potato and wait two or three months when I could just go to Walter Anderson Nursery and pick it up and start enjoying it immediately? Yeah. Well, They're, because you once said many, many years ago that planting a bulb is believing in the promise of tomorrow. I wouldn't say it like that. I would say it's to believe in tomorrow. Uh, no, I you think said you, it much more poetically. <laughs> but yes, I, I agreed. There is something, I, you know, I, I've planted a lot of bulbs in our gardens, more like clandestine. I just put them in and I don't tell Capri. Mm-hmm. And then these things come up everywhere and it's such a joy and they're beautiful and it's it's a lot of fun doing it that way. As Kinda long like, as she doesn't weed them out of the garden for which you. Which I actually did to some that she put in not knowing that she had put them in says we were trying to, I guess, outcompete each other with clandestine plantings. Um, Katie's got a, about a four by eight raised planter in her front yard back in North Carolina and she planted 300 tulips in the and what size? About four by eight. Holy and moly! It was That's just packed. It was packed. Was it gorgeous? Or oh, was it, was it overpacked? Oh, well, I I didn't see it when it was in bloom, but she sent the, she sent us a picture of it. It was it was stunning. It was really really pretty. But then again, you know, you see the you see the tulip fields over in Holland, and they're just amazing, just incredible. One of these days. Yeah. On, yeah. A, on a totally separate note, I. I was noticing last week the water levels at Lake Powell mm-hmm. have gone up by almost 60 feet. That's a lot. Lake Mead's only up 10 feet. But think about the volume of water. It, 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 that's an insane amount of water. Yes. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Hey. I've been keeping, I've been checking the Lake Mead levels every once in a while myself, and it, it, is, it is really amazing. I wanted to add real quick, though, Ken, while we have a break here, that uh, the Plumeria 
Plumeria Care class that Mike Atkinson's going to do. It's very popular, but and a lot of people like to attend that. But if you can't make it in Poway, he's going to teach the same class a week later in San Diego at That's 9 o'clock. Right. So just for the folks that are really into plumerias. That's right. Nine, yeah, 9 o'clock on the 24th. Right. He's that is why that. we have you here, because you give useful information. <laughs> I try. I, we, You succeed, and we appreciate it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I came across an interesting article the other day. Uh, it said uh, a group of six organic certifiers sent out a press release and a position statement declaring that hydroponic production is not organic. Which I, Ken, th- I thought Ken, that was very interesting. I agree. You agree that it's not organic? No, I agree that it's interesting, okay. but I can't believe you just broached that. All these organic, uh, hydroponic people out there that are growing organically, you are saying are not? I'm not saying it. I'm just reporting the news. I'm just reporting the news. I apologize, yeah. Mr. Anderson. He's not taking a stand. I'm not taking a stand on it. Uh, the public statement comes on the heels of the U.S. National Organic Program issuing non-compliance to one of those organic certifiers, one cert, after they refused to certify hydroponics as organic. In addition to one cert, the statement was originally signed by NOFANY, Vermont Organic Farmers, OEFFA, I don't know what any of these things are, um, the Real Organic Project, an add-on label, and MOFGA. Other organizations and certifiers have signed on since the original announcement. Um, Most of you have been following along as the U.S. organic industry battles this topic. On one hand, you have organic advocates, many of them with roots in organic that precede the USDA's uh, National Organic Program, who are adamant that soil-based growing is is a fundamental principle of organic growing and that growing in soilless media or even in containers cannot be considered organic. You know, so, that absolutely makes no sense to me. I, I don't, it's the soil that makes it organic or not. I thought it was the ingredients that are used. I, that's what I thought too. And it says, on the other hand, you have the National Organic Program that has stated hydroponics can be certified organic, and that claim has so far been upheld in court rulings. You tell them if they want to be certified organic to call me because I will allow You'll the soilless media. Yes. Well, I thought that was interesting. They said that even even containers. Well, I, I think I could see that depending on the container. I mean, if you're using something that might leach plastics or something, I could see why that one might not be considered. Okay. Then but, let's. But then if then you go to like Bonnie plants, which are supposed to be organic. Well, all organic plants come in plastic pots. Yeah. I shouldn't say so, all. The, the ones but, we have all right. we've according, come According to this, that would make them not organic. Okay. Well, then let's that take it one step further. What's in the water? Are the, in the is, hydroponics? Is the water that we're using in our, hydro, our organic gardens, does it have chemicals known to the state of California or... Does it have inorganic? Well, ke- chemi- chemicals that would be made that would are synthetic, right? Because yes. to be certified organic, that everything has to be a natural source. So if I'm using chlorine in my water and I'm putting that water from my tap into my plants, does that make it no longer certified organic? Well, I was going to say treated water would not be organic. would not be considered organic. I would, would think. Would it? I, I don't know. I don't. That's an interesting question. Actually. <laughs> okay, I'll let you call it interesting. Well, I just wanted to take it to the ridiculous. It, well, it is. It is. It is ridiculous. I agree with you. 
but I could see how you could go down that rabbit yes. hole and say that it's not it's And not I organic. like the plastic containers. I, I like ruining... No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. No. <laughs> it seemed like such a noble ideal as I hold up my torch like Lady Liberty. Are you... Okay, please. In the wrong arm, but it, nonetheless. It was for uh, emphasis. Okay. If you, if you would like to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady is not with us today. Um, He's just not here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, he he is absent today. Um, we'll see. We're going to go to the phones. We're going to go out to Otay Mesa where Bob is waiting. If I can get this to work. Yeah, and we're waiting that. too. Good I was doing that really <laughs> good, well. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I just want to make a comment. I went to Enterprise Store last week to the tomato class, mm-hmm. and that was one of the best classes I've ever been to. And there was a lot of questions asked from a lot of people, and he had answers and then some. So I just want to, as we in the military used to say, a bravo zoodle to him. And I can't remember his name, though. Oh. Who? That's that's your guy's department. And, yeah, um, I and unfortunately, I don't ha- I don't have it here with me. Uh, but I we will pass it, that. I, I will tell that, you, it was Chuck McClung that was taught it last Chuck week. Okay, right. okay. We will pa- we will we will pass your sentiments on to him. Thank you very much for the feedback on the class too. It's nice to know that uh, we are making a difference when we can. Yeah, well, I also recommended to the people there that they should make comments too, because he he knows more also about other things too, which was kind of impressive. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's one of our instructors that actually has a degree in this stuff. He has a master's uh, in botany and has, has taught a number of classes and, and is actually a local author with a book that uh, we sell in both stores. Entitled? Yeah, I think he, How I Orchids think Bloom. A, I think he was a good catch. Hope he stays around for a while. I think so. So, we're, yeah, we're hopeful too. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks for the call, Bob. You have a great weekend. Hey, goodbye. Okay, take care. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Did you uh, notice what he didn't say? That those guys at the fair on Thursday 
were amazing. I well, maybe because he, he wasn't he, there. He wasn't able to attend, but well, other people have said that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. We're going to have to correct some misinformation I may have shared <laughs> sometime in the show, but please, you may go forth. Um, last week, I, I was not here last week because we were we were flying home from from North Carolina. And boy, are my eventually. arms tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was incredible back in North Carolina. All the magnolias were all in bloom. Um, the crepe myrtles were just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. They're they're blooming already. Oh yeah, I'm and a big fan of those trees. And there's there's no salt burn on them. There's no there's no mildew. I mean they're they're just perfect. It, we were too late for the uh, too late for the dogwoods. The dogwoods had already had already come and gone. But and and um, Japanese maples. Oh my word! They they're just perfect. I mean it was. It was amazing. To, it was amazing to see all that. And the other thing that was really interesting, we were walking around through my daughter's neighborhood, and uh, you know what they like to do back there? They like to mulch things. And you walk through the neighborhood, and all the trees that are planted in lawns have circles of lawn cut away from them, probably about varying between the size of the tree, three to four feet in diameter underneath the tree. And they've got six inches of mulch on top of it. Every single house in the neighborhood had mulch under their trees. It was it was interesting because it's certainly not something that you see out here very often. Well, I hear it told that it's really good for your trees and plants. The aforementioned yeah. class that you were talking about, presentation at the fair, they mentioned that. They, they did mention that. And I, this last week, um, have a big chunk of my driveway now mulched. Oh, really? Yes, yes. That's so the concrete's they, staying damp? The, yes, it's keeping the, well, it's asphalt, but yes. It's, okay. Uh, it's keeping the asphalt cool? It's keeping the asphalt cool. With all that sun we had yesterday, I didn't want it to overheat, but this weekend I have a, a small project a coming my way because I have to move it and put it around the trees. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, we, went to a, we went to a small garden center, the Durham Garden Center, as a matter of fact, which was where Katie, Katie worked when she first moved back there. A cute little, cute little garden center um, had in, in a, had a very interesting uh, selection of plant material, um, but they they're very proud of some of their plants. Uh, we were <laughs> we were walking through the uh, walking through the house plant department, and they had five and a half inch hanging pots of string of pearls. Pretty common thing, forty four ninety nine for a five and a half inch pot of string of pearls. So, so wow. I should go to the nursery today. Buy up all the strings of pearls we have, pack them in a bag, and fly to Durham, Raleigh or Durham. It's, it's it, RD, well, to that it, area. R, RDU. Fly Raleigh, to the Durham. East Coast and sell them, and I'll make a fortune yeah, enough to pay for your flight. Yeah. Not, oh, maybe not that much, but and then I can. Do they have plants that I could then pack up and bring back here? Well, I don't think you're supposed to do that. But so I know, can't the, make money on the return trip. No, I don't. I don't think, think so. this is going to pencil out. I don't think it's working. I'll yeah. go. Okay, I'll try and go back to the drawing board. <laughs> um, on well, a previous, we sell that for what, fifteen or twenty bucks? Something like that. Yeah. Probably, probably nineteen ninety nine. Um, on a previous trip that we had been back there, actually, it was when 
in December when we went back, we took Blake to um, the Sarah Duke Memorial Gardens, which are on the Duke campus. Which if you're if you're if you're ever in the Raleigh Durham area, you have to make a point of going and seeing the the Duke Gardens. They are absolutely spectacular. It's really really neat. But in front of the visitor center, they had in a container an Ericaria Ericana, which I hadn't seen in decades probably we used to stock them um along with bidwillai and norfolk pine but eric areas have kind of fallen out of favor and it's only been within the past couple of years that they've started that the norfolk pines have started coming back in around the holiday season as a, a living christmas tree and actually it makes a pretty makes a pretty neat living christmas tree if you're looking for a living christmas I, i'm tree. smiling because it doesn't seem to me to make a very good landscape tree around a small one-story building i I, picture them in ob around smaller bungalows well they get big right that's what yeah they get they get really big and 60 80 feet tall Uh, Mm -hmm. norfolk pine those are aren't those or the other because the one you said is the what that's the puzzle tree yeah the monkey monkey puzzle puzzle, yeah the ericanas can get to 130 right Um, they get really big and they have really sharp stiff foliage on them and they they they're called living fossils because they're they're conifers that date back way back um, millions of years. And there's actually some speculation that the reason why the foliage is so stiff and sharp is to um, deter dinosaur predation on them because the dinosaurs would eat them. So they have a have a really sharp foliage on them. They're not going to want to chew on it. So, makes sense to me. Yeah, but they're they're na- they're native to the they're native to the Andes of Chile and western Argentina. Argentina, yeah. And it's actually the national tree of Argentina, which I didn't I didn't know that. But I had no, yeah, clue. I would have suspected. And they're also way southwest somewhere. And they're also um, they're also a, a big food source for the indigenous people down there. They, Who had better teeth than dinosaurs? Apparently, <laughs> well, they or knew they, to go around. No, them. They, they they would they would eat the cones, and, okay. it, and it's right. and it and the cones that they, those things produce weigh about eight to ten pounds and are about the size of a bowling ball. As, as we've discussed yeah, before, there's the wanna, one at the at the at uh, Botanic Station. Garden. No, oh, the Botanic it, Garden up there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, there's the one up at the, the there's a couple of them up right. there. I think. Yeah, they all, there's also a bunch over at um, Liberty Station, and also at the um, anti-submarine. At Point Loma, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, out in Point Loma, they're all, they're all over there too. Isn't that part of the defense of the base? Are you allowed to even say that out loud? It's unclassified now. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. It's, it's been it's been declassified. It's been declassified. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's a very interesting tree, but we yeah we used to sell them all the, the we used to sell those three all the time, and then they just disappeared, and nobody's grown them. Although I did find a source for some up in. Um, northern california and we brought some down and they were in they were liners and they're growing like crazy they're putting on a lot of new growth so we may have some available for some available for well, sale usually it's david that's not future. listening but i missed something you said oh, three so we talked about the norfolk island we talked about the monkey puzzle what was the third one bidwillai okay the, which is that's bunya, bunya, bunya. bunya bunya got it all right yeah. i missed which that. is very is very similar to the is very similar to um, monkey puzzle or the Aracana, but it the foliage is foliage is softer. It's not as it's not as prickly as the Aracana. So. Do either of you know why it's called monkey puzzle? 
Um, it's because it's it's hard. The article that I saw said that it was is because it's hard to climb. It's difficult for, because 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 the, the because the foliage it's difficult. It makes it difficult for monkeys to climb on it. Why that's a puzzle, I don't know. But um, tis a puzzlement. Actually, there's there's I wrote an article for the for the July newsletter about it. So if you want more information on it, check out the July newsletter when it comes out. Um, and there's also a link in that newsletter to an article at the Brooklyn Botanical Garden that I was that I just came across this last week. Uh, and if you haven't gone to the if you haven't gone to the Brooklyn Botanical Garden website, I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's bb bbg.org, and it's an outstanding organization. And they have a fantastic website that has all kinds of information about all kinds of plants, stuff that's in their collection. Um, stuff that's not in their collection it's a it's a really really neat website so if you're if you're a, a plant nerd like a lot of us are it's a it's a great way to spend some time if you've got some downtime uh let's see what else is going on oh you know there's there's a house over by lake miramar as you're driving down scripps lake drive in scripps ranch and they have a stand of Norfolk pines in their front yard that are really, really tall. And about, I'm going to guess it was about 10 years ago, the tallest one, they went and cut off about 20 feet uh, off the top of it. Oh, that probably stopped it from growing. It did for a long time, but now there's three new. I was going to say, how many trunks? There's are... three new trunks growing out of the top of it. And so it's going to it's gonna keep going. And actually, the. They're probably unattractive like that. It doesn't look good. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Shouldn't it, top those kind it, of trees. It changes the shape yeah. completely. Um, Is it culturally appropriate? To do that? Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I mean, uh, the tree in the yard. They just, they seem like they'd be so much nicer with a big open space and this many. Yeah. Or just one. Or um, next to a big building like the Hotel Dell. Where they have a mountain. For front. example, agree. Yeah. agree. And the ones the ones at the Hotel Dell are well over a hundred years old. They are. They've been there for a long, long time. They're rather and, tall. Yeah. And if you if you haven't been to the Hotel Dell recently during the holiday season, the light show that they put on in those trees is amazing. It is absolutely incredible. We've gone the last two years and what's interesting is to see how many people just throw themselves on that lawn area and just lay on their back yeah. and just watch yeah it's, it, it is spectacular it is it is really neat they have done a they have done a fantastic job with that you're listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170, 888-344-1170. 
Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. appropriate bumper it, music it, for, it for is. today. And did you notice yesterday that people seem to be in better spirits since we had sunshine for the last two days? I'd seen a story that people were down in San Diego oh, because yeah. we haven't had enough sunshine and it was depressing. But and I, I apologize I think, to everybody that I've been talking to for the last several weeks. Yeah, George has I, been I'm walking, better now. <laughs> walking around mumbling to himself, dragging his feet, kicking up dust. But I'm better now. Good. Good, good, good. My sister's going to be very happy to hear that. She's very <laughs> concerned about you. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go up to Encinitas where Candace is waiting. Good morning, Candace. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Uh, yes. Could you, two questions. Could you go over the care of roses? And the second question is, I have a very large uh, ficus tree that I want to, trim some of the limbs, and start new ficus trees. So tell me how to do that. Where do you want to start, David? Well, we can start with rose care. Um, roses like decent soil, sun, food, and water. And they are susceptible to insects and disease, so having a cultural program that takes good care of them, keeping them well-fed and watered will help to minimize the disease. In the ground, an established rose, which is one that has been in the ground for probably its second summer, will need to be watered about twice a week here in the summer. If it's well mulched, then maybe just once a week here in the summer. The feeding should be done on a regular basis. I would say if it's not been well cared for, I would feed it lightly, monthly, with Grow Power or Grow Power Plus. And if you do see insects or disease or mites on there, you can either use the BioAdvanced 3-in-1, the insect mite and disease control, or you could do it naturally and organically the way George would like you to do it and use... Usually horticultural oil for the insects and... Oh, you let me down. You wanted me to say neem oil. I did. Yeah, I, I, had... I use horto because of scale. I think it's just so much better for scale. Okay. Um, but horto oil and then copper as a fungicide. And then also you want to you start a... You want to prune them regularly, usually when they go dormant in um, mid to late November or December. You can even carry it over into January and then also do a pruning in... July to kind of clean to kind of clean them up and get them ready for a second for a second <laughs> whorl of flowers. Can we go back? Yeah, go ahead. I thought for sure I was going to say neem oil. Neem oil because it'll take care of all three with it, one thing. It what does, happened? but if well, we because we didn't say what insects and we just generally said insects, I would use hort because it does work better on scale. So that's why I went there. Okay, but, but if, if we're going to be more specific, soft-bodied insects, I would use neem oil, absolutely. And that takes care of insects, mites, and disease, correct? Most, most diseases. I don't think it's very effective on rust, but it will take care of powdery mildew quite easily. Has the luster left the neem oil for you? 
You, that used to be your. I, I thought I, I was teeing it up. You were teeing for it you. up, but I backed off and changed clubs because I the Hort oil is better for scale. When I use neem oil on scale, you have to use it more frequently. Okay. So now, as far as the ficus tree is concerned, you're how, the how, best cutting grower. How how big how big is the ficus tree? And which ficus? Yeah. <laughs> the it's a rubber tree and okay. it's very very large. Okay. They they can be cut. You can cut them back fairly fairly severely um do you remember the one in the back of enterprise street oh yeah in the tub that got yeah. cut back pretty severely. yeah they you, you can cut you can cut them back pretty pretty severely and they and they will they will branch out from the from the cut areas and and refoliate uh if you're going to try to grow them from cuttings um uh, you want to get you want to get the smaller branches out towards the ends where and probably no bigger than about three eighths of an inch in diameter, or three eighths to a half an inch in diameter, uh, with the with the growth tip on it. Um, take all the foliage off of it except for one leaf, and then that one leaf you can kind of cut that one in half and roll it up and put a rubber band around it uh, to keep it to keep it from uh, transpir- transpiring moisture. And then I have rooted up. I've rooted ficus cuttings in um, just fine perlite. Uh, or sponge rock, and use a use a, a powdered root rooting hormone on the on the cut end of the um, on the cut end of the cutting, and then put them in a warm place uh, that's going to get some sun. Water them, keep them a little bit on the damp side, but not really not soaking wet, and just be patient. And it it's going to take several weeks for it for it to. Um, to root out, but you, you should get. You probably won't get a hundred percent take on it, but you should get. You should get some. Hmm. 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 That's great. Um, okay, we are in Encinitas. What would you recommend for um, a vegetable garden? What type of um, plants? Oh, just just about anything. If you've got a if you've got a full sun area in your yard, you can grow just about anything. If you're closer to the coast and it's a little cooler, things may be a little bit slower to mature, but I can't think of anything that you that I wouldn't plant out there. Tomatoes, peppers, eggplant. Squash. You know the, the the fair which is right abuts against the water right there. They have a lot of crops growing in containers that they grow with that cold cool, you know, wind coming off the ocean and and they're thriving. So just may need a little extra care and, and a, maybe a wind block if you have if you're having that kind of problem. Yeah, they used mm-hmm. uh, they used uh, like saran wrap to as a wind block on the on the containers at the fair. At the base. It, yeah, and if you if you do get if you do get to the fair this year, go out to the infield and check out the farm area that they have out there, and it, that can be that can be pretty inspiring for people that are wanting to grow stuff, and you and you can see what will what and how things will grow in the in your area. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Uh-huh. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye. I know we've said it before, but I it never ceases to amaze me how well the things do in the infield there, where it is cold and windy, air mm-hmm. quotes. But the saran around keeps the, the base, the ground, a little bit warmer because it keeps the wind off of the soil. They do have some fencing too that will help prevent some of the wind from getting in, but it makes a big difference. And it, it just it really surprises me, because I grow I live out where it's warmer, and it should grow better for me. But they do such an amazing job in there, and it looks so 
good. Of yeah, course, Rich does an incredible job. Soil. Yeah. But it can be inspiring because it, it it's showing for the folks that do live a little bit closer to the water that you, you can grow pretty much everything. Well, and you had pointed out, and when Mel and I went over went over with Rich to check it out, the, the cabbage that he was growing was it was enormous. I mean, it was probably each of the heads was probably it. They hadn't they hadn't started to form the solid head yet, but the foliage was probably eighteen to twenty four inches across. And they were monstrous, perfect. and it, it was absolutely perfect. The other thing that was amazing was the strawberry plants. There was a they were the biggest strawberry plants I have ever seen. Uh, so you know, Rich does a he does a heck of a job out there uh, in the infield. So I, if you go to the fair, I would definitely make sure you get make over to make the sure infield. you walk out to the infield and check out what what he's done out there because the the quote unquote farm area they, out by the uh, they they're they, clean yeah his the team that they have out there has done a fantastic job and they've got they've got fruit trees they've got all kinds of stuff. Looks nice. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, it looks re- it looks really neat. They put they've put a lot. And of And there's a family of baby bunnies it. out there. They're these tiny little bunnies were everywhere. Well, oh really? They, we saw we saw at least two separate, but there were more from the other folks we were talking to. Just running between all the vegetables. They're more tolerant out there than I am. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. Um, we got a new milkweed in. Actually, there's a couple. Oh, of I them. thought you were going to say forklift. Well, we did get a forklift too, um, but people are probably more interested in the milkweed. Um, it's Asclepias incarnata, and it's a rose milkweed uh, from Monrovia is growing it, and it has big clusters of um, kind of pinkish red flowers on it when it blooms. So it's it's different from it. It doesn't really look like the tropical milkweed, but it doesn't look like the native milkweed either. So. It's in the middle. Like it's kind that. of in the middle. Um, we also had the one that's just right. <laughs> we have a we have a lot of native milkweed in stock right now, a lot, and everything from four inch up to I think two gallon. Um, well, the the two gallon fascicularis, the mm-hmm. narrow leaf milkweed, the native one, it looks better than we have. It, the plants right now are bigger, fuller, and nicer than any Asclepias fascicularis we've ever had yeah. at the nursery and was it you and i were talking to the lady out by the milkweed yesterday she was asking or was it you it was david it was david it's um, easy to get she, us confused she I was, understand. yeah she was she was asking whether she should get a couple of four inch or she should get one of the bigger ones and um, we told her and said you know the monarchs are gonna the monarchs are gonna find it one way or another but if you get the small ones they're going to destroy them faster than the plants are going to be able to grow. So we get the we would recommend suggested getting larger. Su- suggested one larger plant rather than a couple of the smaller she ones. She's going to get three or four of the small ones, and each of those is one stem. And the two gallons is, probably have thirty or forty stems in them. So yeah, they were a huge. lot more food. Yes. Yes, and because they those things are when they start feeding, they are they are voracious in the amount of in the amount of foliage that they can eat at any given Absolutely. time. Um, let's see, what else do we have on the list? Uh, oh, had, uh, tomato disease on the list of topics to discuss today. Anything in particular that you've seen coming through? Lots. <laughs> Such as? Anything else you'd Lots. like to know? <laughs> Such as? Well, 
it's been mostly, I think, bacterial spot spec that has been damaging the leaves. Tomatoes have enough problems with disease when we're having a warm, dry spring. Right. Uh, into Oh, we have to talk. But this year it's been so cool and overcast that the, especially the interiors of the plants are, the leaves are all kind of rotting out. The outsides of the plants still look good, but the leaf spotting is destroying the interior, which usually will shorten the lifespan of the plants. They'll still continue to grow. And we had one gentleman bring in a leaf that was 75% yellow and blotchy, but you could see where the tips of a couple of the leaves were to the exterior where they got sun, and they were totally fine and green, but all of the shaded part of the leaf was pretty much destroyed. And I think I would use your copper. Right. My, my great answer for that is there's a few diseases that are controllable, and for those, copper will will control them. It works well on a lot of the rose, um, rose I'm sorry, the tomato uh, uh, fungal issues. So, so if you're having a problem, spray them with copper, and if it fixes it, then it's one of the diseases that copper will control. And if, <laughs> and if it, it doesn't, doesn't, then it's not. And you're done anyway. Yeah. All right. Thanks for thanks for coming in. Yeah, right. I'm glad we could help. There, there was some curly top too. With a couple, oh, the beet. You know, yeah, it beet, a couple other uh, diseases that we started. We are starting to see some uh, evidence of as people bring them in. A couple of blights. But again, it's all interior. You can cut a lot of that out yes. and, and get some air in there. And with the sun coming out, I think it's going to be much better. Yeah. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break. Louise, stay on the line. We're going to be talking to you when we come back. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. And George Allman, Mark Mahady has the day off. We are going to go up or down to Chula Vista where Louise is waiting. Good morning, Louise. How are you? Well, okay. Got my coffee finally. Okay. <laughs> All right. What can we do for you? Um, I know some people that have um, have the uh, free-range chickens, but they've been contained. And, you know, the containment is pretty nice, the circumstance of the chickens. But... It sure isn't like free range and wondered if you know anything about ways to make a bigger area for these free range chickens in a, in a, uh, a yard, perhaps a way to uh, treat, a, treat the ground or whatever is the problem. Uh, do you know anything about this or, or if there's been a, a, a change in this or 
somewhere I can contact? I'm not sure. All looking at each other, kind of confused. If you want them to have more space, increase the space that they are contained by. I. I that's all, that's the only solution. I I don't know. Are you? I think that the the they're supposed to be kept in because of the avian flu is spread through the wild are, bird. Are you, are you asking us for the regulations for the chickens in the yard? Is that what you are inquiring about? That possibly well not. No, I think that they're supposed to be contained. But is there? A, I guess you're saying that in order to be. Um, Larger areas just make a bigger area for them. Yes, if but, that's if that's what you are are hoping to to accomplish. Does something have to be done to the ground or no, the area? Because there have been a lot of birds and everything into the surrounding area, uh, so it's okay. Your chickens would be all right that way. Well, my out, neighbors out seem that. to be. They come up. They come from two doors down, and they come and go oh. as they please. So, and they've they've been been fine oh really well i will mention that to people with chickens and say maybe they need to check and see if the, the containment isn't supposed to be any longer who knows right yeah the the own the other issue that would come up with uh that would come up with having the chickens out in a, in a bigger area is uh predators uh, right. Yeah. Uh, well, you can make uh, train there. You know, there are devices that you can build small cages that you just move around your property and let the chickens mm -hmm. feed from there while they're free ranged but protected from predators. Yeah. 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 That's been addressed for a long time um, that I've noticed these people that have the chickens, but uh, that type of thing. But okay. Um, you've given me something to say. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh -huh. Have a great weekend. And you. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Um, yeah, I, the chickens we have at the nursery, I don't know that I would call them free range. Well, I think there are requirements for the amount of space that they have for that. And I, that's why I was wondering, is that what we're looking for? Because that isn't – we could look that up, but that, that information would be available online. Before I forget, we have a big event coming up this week. And by the time we're back next week – the days are going to be getting shorter already. So I, I just wanted to, that's happening this week, correct, George? Well, next week, this week ends today. Okay. Well, the words have meaning, David don't, Ross. Don't you pull me on me, sir. <laughs> next week, before yeah, the, we're back the on the summer solstice with the, the longest day of the year in the Northern hemisphere on the 21st ish, which reminds me, uh, I thought Roy was going to call to talk about the longest day, but I guess he did not. Um, when is that? Twenty-first. Okay, so by the time I don't we're know back, what time it, it is though. I didn't the check the time. Days are going to be getting shorter again already. already. You going to be all right? I'll, I'll, I'll power through it. Okay. Uh, you had mentioned yesterday when we were talking for topics, uh, sow bugs, roly polies, wood lice. Yes, we wood lice. I like that. That's the name that gets attention. When you say wood lice, absolutely. Now, you, David, you, you had been working with a customer, and he, he gave you some photographs, and we used it on this week's Wednesday Wisdom. It was a squash plant that he watched be devoured by pill bugs, roly-polies. Yeah. No, said, it can't be because they only eat decaying plant matter. They don't bother new new growth. Okay, then my mistake. Yeah, yeah tell uh, that to pansies. Yeah, I know. And, they and just tell that to the, the UC, UCIPM who says, you know, that they typically will, you know, 
eat debris. They're very important in the recycling of organic material because they break it down into smaller bits and it decomposes and becomes part of the, you know, the cycle of life there in the garden. However, they will eat tender plants and you'll see them all the time on seedlings and seedlings. I, I, I noticed some of our carrots, the tops were just being decimated. And I went out there early in the morning one day and it was covered. You couldn't see the orange. You just saw roly polies all around. And when I brushed them away, they were the culprit they were just decimating the tops of just carrots eating the top of them right you know it's kind of like um and i say top i mean the orange part not the top not the green it, oh yeah. the top but, oh, yeah eating the carrot itself it's, at wow. the ground level working their way down into the carrot if wow. from here going forward we call them wood lice people will stop and pay attention right roly-poly sow bugs pill bugs they don't care so right. we should only call them wood lice and then people will it'll it'll increase it'll make listeners. a difference yes they'll stop if they're cruising through the radio dial and they hear wood lice they need to find out they if, there's a, if they have an infestation of wood lice at their homes and, okay. how, and how would you treat that in your garden um i grab them by the hands full and i put them when i'm oh, that, in fresh soil and i put them into a plastic container and then i go give them to the chickens and the okay. chickens have fun with them but otherwise i'd use the sluggo plus with the spinosad the right safe yeah. to use for people and pets and vegetables snail, slug killer and vegetables right um, that also kills the crawling insects. You can read more about that on our Facebook page Which, under Wednesday Wisdom. They're not insects, are they? They're crustaceans. Yes. Yeah, yeah. they're related to lobster, but I don't think I'd eat them. Um, you know, a little a, garlic and butter, Ken. Real classes today. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Uh, companion planning in, with Kathleen in San Diego at 9 o'clock. Uh, in Poway, it's going to be Plumeria Care and Culture with Mike Atkinson, local Plumeria expert. Father's Day is tomorrow, so if you're looking for a Father's Day gift, you can come in today or tomorrow and pick something up. And Juneteenth is Monday, um, holiday. Both stores will be open regular hours if you have, if you are fortunate enough to have the day off and are looking for something, something to do. You can come in and shop with us. Uh, like I said, there's nothing going on in Balboa Park right now, and the fair is in full swing. So if you get out to the, if you get out to the fair, um, make sure you go out to the infield and take a look at the, the farm out there. Oh, and you can also go to the flower show and check out our display. Yes, you there can. There we go. I thought and I was waiting the, for that one. The yes. water feature and the spectacular installation by the San Diego Garden Railway. They did do a nice job this year. Yeah, it's really neat. And I've heard that there have been no derailments inside the tunnel across the back there well that's good because they they went against the number one rule when it come when it comes to making tunnels on garden railways don't make them long enough that you can't reach in from either side apparently so. if you design them and install them correctly it's they, they don't derail it's not as much of you, an issue you've been listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz we'll be back next week with another hour of garden talk have a great weekend everybody Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. 
This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.